0: Good morning, everyone. We find ourselves in Genesis chapter 5 today. Let's pick it up right away. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day when God created man. He made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and named them man in the day when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son In his own likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. Isn't that interesting? So, here we have a recount in chapter 5 of the mission and description of God creating mankind. And you'll see this theme repeated. It says here that he made Adam in the likeness of God, he created them male and female. He blessed them, and then again, Adam had a son in his own likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. We learned last time that the family line of Jesus goes back to Adam and through the seed of Seth. But we see this, this mission of God, that he created man in his image, in his likeness. He wanted them to be fruitful and multiply. He gave them a beautiful place to do it, and unfortunately sin got in the way, but God's still after his mission. He still wants to create a people, a family that are created in the image and likeness of God and spread that image and likeness throughout the world. And and now we do that through discipleship and through ourselves becoming more like Jesus with the help of his word and the power of his Holy Spirit. And then we seek to disciple our children and those around us to also take on the characteristics of Christ's likeness clothing ourselves, first of all, with his righteousness, but then seeking to know his word and know him and mirror him and uh, be a reflection of who God is to this world, his goodness, and multiply that. It it just never ends. God's always about doing that. And that'll come up as we continue through the book of Genesis and through the word of God. Uh, In Genesis 5, we see the generations named, it it almost appears to me as though the author is trying to take us through the genealogy and speed us up, so to speak, to take us to the story of Noah, which of course is a very dramatic story, a dramatic um, happening in the scriptures, a very significant one, where we'll see the same theme of God overplayed that we just talked about. Um, But one of the things that I think is... Most apparent as we look at chapter five is when we get to the life of Enoch. So in verse twenty, in verse eighteen, uh, it said Jared lived one hundred and sixty-two years and became the father of Enoch. Then Jared lived eight hundred years after he became the father of Enoch, and he became the father of other sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were nine hundred sixty-two years, and he died. And then we get to Enoch here and it says that Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah and he became the father of other sons and daughters so all the days of Enoch were 365 years Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him you know, there's a pattern as you go through Genesis 5. It basically is listing these generations. And and then it says, and then he died, and then he died, and then he died, and then he died. And then we get to Enoch, and we have this, you know, one verse here. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And as we'll see as we get to the days of Noah, the trend of the human race was not going well. Uh, You know, wickedness was on the increase, sin was on the loose. So when someone walked with God, it really stood out and really was like an accomplishment to walk with God among the wickedness of the world. And clearly they took note of Enoch for Enoch, his pattern of life, what he did, what he said, how he lived, the way that he went about living, the way he walked with God, was very special and unique and noteworthy. And what a beautiful thing that is, hon. Huh? You know what? What's going to be said about me? You know what's going to be said about you? Um, what a what a great tribute, wouldn't it be? Um, on our celebration of life one day when we're celebrating the end of this life and the fact that we've entered the next through faith in Jesus. If someone got up and were to speak to the audience and say, you know what? You walked with God. Jay walked with God. Your name, they walked with God. And really even to say, wouldn't it be cool? uh, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God, took him and you know, that's going to be true of us. When we die, we're going to be, to be away from the body is to be at home with the Lord. Now, this was a little bit different. It almost seems as though Enoch was taken alive to be with God. Not that he died and, and just knew he went to heaven, but really that he was taken alive to God. Now, for those who hold to a pre-tribulation rapture, meaning they think that God is going to take his bride, his church, home in heaven with him before the days of wrath of the seven-year tribulation period, the rapture, or the tribulation. So some lean that way. Our church leans that way. However, there are many in our church that don't, that think that Jesus isn't going to rapture his church before the tribulation, but that he's going to essentially rapture the church At the end of the tribulation, and there's another camp that believes that, not necessarily at church, but some believe that that God's going to rapture his church at the midpoint of the tribulation. We lean towards a pre-tribulation rapture. And you can, this is one very small evidence for it, that it's not a shocking thing that God would ever rapture someone or his bride because here before the flood of Noah, Enoch walked with God and God took him before he destroyed the earth, uh, through the flood with Noah. So there's another man, I believe it was Elijah in the Bible who just got taken up, uh, with God as well. So anyways, I'm not trying to prove to you right now, um, a pre-tribulation rapture. I want, I want to say something because stuff like this comes up in church ministry. Um, there are debatable issues in scripture. There are things that are hard to comprehend, and I really do believe strongly that we need to be united along the major themes of the Bible and things that are difficult and disputable, which really aren't that many, but that we need to give grace to one another in disputable matters. Otherwise, we can't be one the way that, that Jesus desired that we would you know, move together as a body, as one, if we're always dividing over everything that is really, truly complex and hard uh, in this life to fully comprehend. So I want to say, although I lean away in this, I'm respectful towards others. I I respect other people who are trying to hold to what they see as a biblical view. Now, when people use scripture just to twist things, that's different. And, 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 you know, regarding eschatology, I don't believe that's the case. Um, And, you know, I would stay away from listening to things where, especially as it relates to eschatology, the study of last things, when you listen to things where they just trash anyone who doesn't hold their view, that's going to make you sour and it's going to make you divided from other people. I don't listen to things like that. And I would encourage you not to listen to people that may have a view but are respectful of others as it regards to things that are hard for us to understand as finite creatures. There's things that God understands. You know, another one would be like, you know, God's complete sovereignty and man's free will. How do those line up? And I think there's a mystery there. And, and there's other mysteries like that. And, and in those areas, man, let's, let's be united even in our limited understanding. Um, now, if you think that I would promote that, you know, we can't trust in the word or that we can't know so much about what is true and what is false then you don't know me because I believe in the inspiration of God's word and I believe we need to revere it and there's so much we do know clearly and uh, I'm all for uh, right doctrine Uh, I just am sensitive to areas where I believe there's disputable matter so anyways kind of a long discussion there but Man, I, I want a church that that loves one another, that gives grace to one another, that is 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 unified and is respectful in areas where we should offer that respect. And I hope you join me in that. So, let's keep going here. It goes then then into Methuselah's life and how long he lived, and and then eventually in verse thirty we get to then Lamech lived. 595 years, and he became the father of Noah. And he became the father of other sons and daughters. And eventually in 32, it says, And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And now we're going to get to the story of Noah. I think to just reflect on what we learned today, let's give grace to each other in disputable matters. Let's have our lives be like Enoch where we have walked with God and it's just very evident that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ who's walked with God and that you are too all the way until God calls us home. And then we will not be here either on earth. We'll be with the Lord in heaven because he's going to take our spirit to be with the Lord in heaven. Hallelujah. And then finally, let's not forget the theme that just continues to come up and will in the chapters to come. That God created us male and female, very clearly. That he blessed us and that he made us in his own image. And that he desires that we multiply that throughout the world. God bless you all. Thanks for listening.